Hey everybody, before the episode gets started, I just wanted to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and uh, and Happy New Year and just, uh, if you don't celebrate Christmas, you know, just Happy Holidays and uh, spend time with your family and loved ones and uh, hope everyone has a, has a great holiday. This episode we're going to be talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation, and uh I was talking to one of my buddies on Instagram, and uh, he has a podcast, and they covered Silent Night, Daily Night 5, and I told him, well, maybe I'll cover Silent Night, Daily Night Part 4, so that's that's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, go go check out uh, Matt and, his, and uh, his friend Tristan. They have a podcast called Fun Box Monster Podcast, and... Uh, I think they're on most of the uh, podcast platforms, but they're they're a couple cool dudes, and uh, I listen to them all the time. I think they're they're great. They're hilarious. So go check out their podcast, and uh, if you want to hear their take on Silent Night, Deadly Night Five, and uh, they they got a few Christmas ones out there too. That's pretty good. So go check them out. And without further ado, let's get to the episode. You're listening to the Rude Horror Podcast with your host, Marcus Rude. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Marcus Rude, aka Rude Horror, and you're listening to the Rude Horror Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a Christmas movie, question mark? I mean, I guess it's got a little bit of Christmas in it, but uh, we're going to be talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation. This movie was directed by Brian Usna. You might know him as a special effects guru and film director. He's done movies, he's directed movies such as Society, Bride of Reanimator, Return of the Living Dead 3, Beyond Reanimator, Necronomicon, The Dentist, and Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. And he's done other ones too, like The Dentist 2, Rottweiler. I mean, <laughs> some of his other ones are uh, not, as, not as known as some of the ones I just named off. But, uh, this guy's great, man. I I love his work and uh, didn't know what to expect with this one, but I sort of blew my mind earlier thinking about this movie. <clears throat> and I don't know if I wanted to talk about this first, but since I have it on my mind, um, if you haven't seen Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, there's going to be some spoilers, But um, so you might want to turn it off now and check it out. But if you've seen Society... In Deadly Night, or Silent Night, Deadly Night Four, you'll see that. I mean, this is just my opinion. Like, I don't know what anybody else thinks about this matter, but I almost feel like Silent Night, Deadly Night Four fits better in a society universe. Like, this feels this movie feels like it could either be a prequel to Society or a sequel to Society. Um, it. To me, it would make more sense 
for it to be in a, uh, the same realm as society because, like society, this movie does not make sense at all. Um, it, it constantly has you wondering what the fuck is going on, and uh, it uh, it just I don't know, man. It, it really has the same feel as society. I mean, it, uh, when they bring, uh, and how do I even explain it? Um, like the worm looking thing in silent night, deadly night four. Um, maybe you could tie that in with, uh, how everyone was, uh, always fascinated with worms in society. And, uh, you know, a lot of fan theories think that maybe they come from, Maybe they are worms or slugs or maybe there's an alien from somewhere. But maybe it's tying in. Something is tying in those two movies. It, it just, oh, I can't grasp grasp it quite. But uh, so the similarities would be like the worms. And uh, when, let's see. I'll explain this. I mean, because I'm I'm kind of jumping all over the place. So I apologize, but uh, the lady, the, the, uh, our main girl, <clears throat> um, what's her name? Uh, Kim. When she gets the worm put in her, um, it, it's, it's almost like she's hallucinating. But apparently, she's not really hallucinating. But everyone around here is making her feel like she's hallucinating. But when she's in one of those hallucination, you know, quote unquote dream states, she actually turns into something that's very similar to uh, the society creatures. Like her, her legs start forming together. Her fingers start kind of molding together. Like it just, it really felt like, like I was watching maybe some, some sort of like deleted scenes or something. I mean, not quite, but it really did feel like uh, maybe they both can kind of share the same universe. Just uh, and and me and that could just be Brian using his uh, special effects. Just you know his work. I mean that you know that could just be how his little trademark work. I mean I don't know what to say about the wordage right there, but. It really, I don't know, it, it really does feel like maybe they could share the same universe. I know I'm repeating myself, but maybe that's just the style of, of movie making. I don't know. I mean, that could be too, but I don't know. If, uh, if any of you guys have any uh, more input on some kind of like fan theory of... Uh, connecting society to Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, let me know, because I'd love to hear more about if there really is something there. And, I, I mean, I'm not really familiar if maybe Yuzna's said something in an interview somewhere, if, uh, you know, that there's some sort of connection there. I don't know, but I would really like to find out. I don't know why I want to find out, but it's kind of piqued my interest as far as you know, it would be really cool to see. I mean, I don't know. I think it would make the ratings that I put for this movie a lot higher than what <laughs> I put for it. Um, 
on Letterboxd, I gave it a, a 2 out of 5. Now, if for some reason it's connected to society somehow, um, maybe I'll rate it like a 3 or something. I don't know. Just because I, I feel like it would... It fits better with society than it does Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. Or the Silent Night, Deadly Night series. And like I, like a lot of people say... Uh, they kind of took the Halloween 3 aspect for this movie to where it, it completely has nothing to do with the other movies. You can almost put this as a standalone movie. I don't know how well it ties in with Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, but uh, I don't know, it really has me thinking that maybe Yuzna was doing a standalone movie and then he, or maybe it was a sequel or prequel to Society and it uh, wasn't getting the right funds it needs or something. And uh, so they said, well, let's add some Christmas elements, or maybe there's already some Christmas elements in his movie, and let's just, let's just say, oh, let's, just, let's slap on Deadly Night, or <sighs> Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's a tongue twister. Um, let's, just, let's just throw the, the title on it, and that'll rake in more people to watch. I mean, that that could be maybe, I don't know. I mean, this is just my opinion, but it it definitely would make more sense if they just they put the Silent Night Deadly Night name on this movie as a stamp to to bring in some revenue. Um. So that's my my two cents on that little. Um theory <laughs> but uh anyways this movie um was uh titled <clears throat> bugs in the uk it, it was released under the name bugs which that would even make more sense than uh sndn4 but uh you know um the music was composed by richard band you might know his work in a lot of the full moon movies and uh like reanimator puppet master uh, the list can just go on i'm not gonna name them all off but um yeah so the music really almost feels kind of like a full moon movie in a way or reanimator i mean you know however you want to depict it but uh yeah, no, the music was fine. I I dug it. I like some some good old fashioned full moons music. Um, and this movie is on Vudu right now for free. So if you don't have a copy of this, go check out Vudu. And if you're not familiar, Vudu now shows free movies. I'm sure, they have ads in it, but I mean, there may be like thirty second clips, and then you're back to the movie. So. It's it's definitely a useful tool if you want to check out some some movie. I don't know if if Silent Night Deadly Night Five is on there. I'll have to look, but I know the first one is on there. And then if you go to Tubi, Tubi TV, I think they have Silent Night Deadly Night Two on there. I don't know about the, th I'm not sure about the third one, but uh, 
that's another one to check out as uh, Tubi because they got a lot of free movies and a lot of like Shout Factory releases and Troma and Full Moon. It, it's a great uh, it's a great app to use if you have a smart device. But uh, oh, I don't know if I'm repeating myself, but yeah, Voodoo gave it a, a two point eight out of five. That's just from the the Voodoo users gave it that movie. So it's I would say this is probably a fair fair rating this movie stars clint howard and uh i was thinking about this earlier is uh i want to i want to know can anybody tell me a bad movie that clint howard has acted in like just like like i mean it could be a bad movie but like his acting skills like if someone can name me a bad movie or i mean a movie that he acted bad in, let me know. Because as far as acting goes, I thought he did a really good job in this movie. And uh, just portraying like this derelict guy that uh, it seems like he lives on top of this uh, used bookstore. But I mean, as, as, as far as like, the, as far out as this movie is and all the crazy shit that is happening in this movie, I thought his character was, was pretty good. Um, they couldn't have picked a better person to play what he played. But, uh, you know, Clint Howard has played in lots of uh, lots of great B-movie type stuff, like Ice Cream Man, Ticks, which, oh, that's another Brian Eusen movie I love is Ticks. Might have to do an episode on that one of these days. That movie is, it's, I don't know, I, I always like creature feature kind of stuff. And uh, Bugs are are up uh, using his alley and I think he does a pretty good job uh, with that kind of stuff <clears throat> um, he's also been in Evil Speak Leprechaun 2 Silent Night Deadly Night 5 which I have yet to see it so I'll have to see if, if they're doing like flashback clips of him or, or what um, he's done like Carnosaur he's done a lot of Rob Zombie movies then we go to um Kim, played by Neith Hunter, I think that's her name. And to me, she kind of looks like a, a Virginia Madsen ripoff from Candyman. But even though this came out before Candyman, so I can't really call her a ripoff. But her character just, she looks pretty much, I don't know, she just reminds me a lot of Virginia Madsen from the, the Candyman era. But uh, <clears throat> she's been in other movies too, like uh, Near Dark. Friday Night Part 2, Silent Night, Deadly Night 5. So that piques my interest if Clint and her, and her come back in 5. So I'm going to have to definitely watch it soon. Anyways, and then she was also in Carnosaur 2. Or two. And then we move to... What's this guy's name? And then uh, Hank is played by Tommy Hinckley. And Tommy Hinckley has played in... Not a lot of movies, but he's been in, like, Watchers 2, The Terror Within, and nothing really worth mentioning. And then we got uh, Alice Beasley, and uh, <laughs> I don't know, I the whole time seeing her in her in the scenes, she reminded me of, like, uh, Alanis Morissette, like, crackhead Alanis Morissette. <laughs> uh, 
but she's also been in uh like Tommy Knockers and Rumpelstiltskin and uh I didn't really know her name but <clears throat> she did look familiar so I'm like okay I I think I've seen her in Tommy Knockers that's where I think uh I've seen the familiarity there and we got Regis <clears throat> god damn game and talk sorry then we got Reggie Bannister from the Phantasm series, Wishmaster, Bubba Hotep. He played Eli, and Eli was the, uh, oh, like the the magazine, like, director guy. Like, he was, like, the head honcho boss guy. And, uh, yeah, so he's, he's in it for a little bit. He does a fine job in this movie. I can't really, there's nothing really bad that he could have done I mean his parts were pretty pretty slim but uh I mean I guess I guess he did what he what he was supposed to be doing so yeah um this video was a straight to video release I mean I, I could see why and uh it didn't get a DVD release till later on like 2009 and it was like in a Three pack with Better Watch Out and then uh, Sun Night Daily Night Five and uh, anyways, I guess we can get into the movie a little bit more. But uh, yeah, so Kim works. She's an aspiring journalist. She works at the in L.A. Um, like news, like a newspaper, I guess like newspaper magazine type type deal i guess it's a newspaper <clears throat> i was thinking it was like a i don't know why i was thinking it was like kind of like a magazine kind of thing but i guess it's a newspaper and uh her boss kind of seems like he's giving the guys all the all the leads and the breaks and and whatnot and and uh doing stories and stuff like that and Oh my gosh, I can't even remember all the the one-liners they were doing, but uh, some of them were really terrible. Just a lot of terrible one-liners, one after another. And, uh... And, uh... So you get some, like, office kind of... conversations and whatnot, and then uh, we get to a scene where... Uh, a woman is, is is discovered dead on the sidewalk and she's half burnt to ashes from like the feet up and uh it's apparently caused by spontaneous human combustion but it's still kind of mysterious they don't know exactly what's going on and kim decides to pursue pursue the story on her own without her boss's uh, approval and uh so while she's investigating, she goes to the books, uh, the bookstore where uh, the woman had had jumped off the building, and because uh, she was on fire, and uh, you know, I guess she. I mean, it it just it plays out like maybe she committed suicide because of she was on fire or something, but she ends up like falling off this used bookstore. Off, it's like. I don't know, two, I don't know, three stories or so. I don't know how tall it is, but I mean, it's a pretty tall building to where she'd end up dying from falling, obviously. And, uh, 
she's she's at the bookstore trying to get uh, some research on uh, spontaneous human combustion, and she runs into uh, uh, the bookstore keeper. I don't know what her title is, but uh, we later find out her name is FEMA, and she I guess runs the bookstore or something. She works there, and uh, she talks to her about. Uh, you know, that she's looking for a book about uh, spontaneous human combustion. And then she kind of, they just have a conversation of, uh, oh, so you're doing research on uh, the late, you know, the girl who uh, died and whatnot. And then she later kind of talks or uh, kind of offers her like a book. Like, in, and how this whole movie is, like, it's, they make things really awkward, I think. I don't know. Because it's out of nowhere. She's like, oh, I'm going to offer you this book. You know, just, oh, take it. It's on the house. And Kim's trying to refuse it. And, uh, you know, FEMA really wants her to have the book. And it's a book on feminism and the occult. And uh, so she ends up taking it. And uh, FEMA offers her to uh, to uh, go out to a picnic with her and her friends. And... Uh, so I'm guessing Kim goes along with it. And then uh, later, uh, Kim is with Hank, which is uh, Hank and Kim are boyfriends. I don't know if I, boyfriend, girlfriend. I don't know if I clarified that earlier. And uh, Hank works at the books, not bookstore. Oh, my gosh. Um, at the, the newspaper place. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so on Christmas Eve, I guess this is where the Christmas stuff ties in because on Christmas Eve, Kim goes to Hank's family's Christmas party or get together or whatever, and uh, they, the dad is is a, a fucking asshole and he's always ripping on Kim about uh, being Jewish, and uh, Hank's is kind of like, oh, cut it out, Dad, you know. And uh, later, they go back to her apartment, and Kim begins reading that book that FEMA gave her. And then she finds a chapter on the fire of Lilith, and it's depicting a woman engulfing in flames. And uh, so she's reading about that, and uh, come to find out, Lilith is FEMA's daughter. And uh, so this is where... The occult is actually happening in a way. Like, I mean, as in that real thing that uh, we find out later that FEMA is the head of this occult. And uh, they want to initiate Kim in this ritual. So this is, this is the whole premise of why they're wanting Kim to, to read this book and... Uh, come back to their picnic or you know to go on this picnic with them that uh that they're having and uh and this is where she meets another character Catherine harrison and she's a self-described old crone i guess you would say just like an old old bitter lady and then another young lady and then they they tell her about lilith and uh adam's first wife in the spirit of all that crawls and 
<clears throat> when I talk about the spirit of all that crawls, that would be what we would find out later is like this worm-looking creature. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty gross. The, uh, the special effects in this movie, I think, is really what holds this movie together. If it didn't have the special effects it did, I think this movie would would have gotten rated really low because, um, yeah, uh, the special effects is is why I gave it a two. I think I would have probably gave it like a half a star or one if it wasn't for the special effects. But anyways, um, at, the, at the eye, Eli, which, okay, so the eye is... Uh, the, the newspaper company place like that's what's called as the eye and that's where her boss is there and she's angry that kim is missing work and uh and then uh ironically or oddly he lets her have the uh spontaneous combustion story and uh that afternoon kim decides to visit fema's apartment to ask her more questions about about what's going on and uh fema uh, serves her some tea which uh makes kim nauseated and this is where she kind of goes into like a dream state but apparently it's not really a dream it's reality but uh kim thinks it's a dream and uh while she's while she's going into this uh odd state of mind uh fema tells kim about her daughter lilith and then we find or let's see i don't know should i say this now um but then uh fema offers her a date which is uh, the food to date and uh demands that, she, that kim eats it and when she does go to eat it it uh instead of a date we see like a roach in her hand and uh, she still eats it, and then Kim passes out. But uh, I was going to say, I don't know if I want to say this now, but we find out later that Lilith, uh, Fema's daughter Lilith, um, ends up being the girl that jumped off the building with you know, with this spontaneous combustion. And, uh, and uh, but when she goes into the state of mind, she... Uh, this is like where her body contorts and like she's turning into this worm looking kind of thing but it, it just reminds me of society so much and it, like her her feet and legs start molding together kind of like a mermaid but it's all this like you know skin and flesh and just like molding together and her hands she has her hands together and they they kind of mold together but then her hands are her fingers are bending the opposite way of what they're supposed to be bending and uh oh it's it's <clears throat> it's really cool watching. Like I, I thought it was, it was really interesting watching. And you know, knowing that it's a movie, but I mean, if it was real, that would be some uh, freaky ass shit. But uh, then she wakes up and she's surrounded by uh, the ladies in FEMA's occult, like Jane, Catherine, and Lee. They uh, then they they perform a you know they they kind of surround her and succumb her and uh they perform a ritual on her and uh ricky not not the same ricky from uh the the previous movies but uh clint howard is um 
is is Ricky in this movie, and uh, he plays a part in he he really looks like a derelict kind of guy, but uh, he's he's kind of working for FEMA. He's he's all in 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 on this occult, and uh, um, um, oh my gosh, I hate jumping back and forth. I'm sorry, but uh, earlier when uh, Kim was doing research, she ended up on top of the roof where. Uh, she had died in, uh, or I mean, uh, uh, Lilith had died and, uh, Ricky's up there and he's like creeping her out and stuff. And, uh, then he pulls out like the worm thing that, uh, that I was talking about, like, the spirit of all that crawls that thing. Like it's, it's like a big giant worm and they use this worm in the ritual and stuff like that. <clears throat> it was just kind of like a creepy scene. I don't know. It was kind of a laugh moment too. It's like this is how ridiculous this is. But uh but uh anyways um they perform the ritual on Kim and Ricky and FEMA slice open a live rat over her and just the, the rat blood is just pouring all over Kim and then they insert the giant larva worm into Kim's vagina and then it emerges from her mouth as like a full grown like big ass cockroach and it's pretty fucking nasty but uh really cool effects it's really cool um but it is fucking nasty <laughs> and then uh she vomits it out and that was just kind of it's all slimy and shit and it's oh gross but uh then Ricky slices the the creature in half, and it, it and he starts or the the creature starts dripping out its innards all over Kim's face, and it's all just fucking disgusting, dude. And then uh, and then all of a sudden Kim wakes up later, fully dressed, and she's still in, in uh, FEMA's apartment. But then all the the ladies are like, oh, you know, kind of, you know, it, uh, Kim's just kind of like freaking and uh it's like oh it's just you know the old lady's like oh it's just a dream and stuff like that and then uh kim wasn't having she just fucking got the hell out of there then she rushes home she's terrified and she finds frank or hank there and hank's dead asleep and uh and uh she's fucking freaking out she's like going through the medicine cabinets trying to eat all these pills, like almost like she's trying to kill herself. She's breaking mirrors, um, all sorts of shit, and uh, he ends up calming her down. And I don't know for a minute, I thought maybe like uh, like FEMA, or like like if it was like the cult was taking over her, or if like the worm was still inside her, or something, because she kind of turns into like a all lovey on Hank because for a minute she was going psycho and you know you didn't know if she was going to kill him or what I mean she was just going psycho but then all of a sudden she gets all lovey on him and uh wants to wants uh Hank to pretend he's sleeping and then uh she wants to have sex with him <laughs> and uh all kinds of, of freaky shit but then Ricky enters the apartment and just casually is just sitting on the bed while they're having sex and he turns on TV and he's watching TV and then out of nowhere <laughs> Hank's just like what the fuck like get the fuck out of here who are you and 
shit like that. And it was a, a pretty uh, hilarious comedic relief, com- comedy relief. Um, that's a great moment. I'm going to have to wrap this up right now because I have to go somewhere. But this next recording, I'll finish up the next part of the story. But I'm going to put it all together. And I might even cut this part out. I don't know. But I will wrap it up right now. And so Hank jumps out of bed and uh, is just like, what the fuck? You know, he's freaking out that uh, Ricky's there. Or just, you know, some stranger to him. And uh, Ricky's just kind of like in sort of attack mode and and, uh, is going after Hank and uh, and Kim. But uh, mainly after Hank because Hank's trying to hurt him because, I mean, he's a stranger. He's breaking and entering in our house or apartment. So he is trying to find stuff to defend himself. Ricky gets a hold of a knife and stabs him in the legs a couple times. And, uh, they're, um, they're kind of, they're kind of going at it for a little while. And, uh, while Kim's trying to escape as well. But, uh, then the phone rings and, uh, it's her friend Janice on the line. And, uh, she, she gets there in time to answer the phone and, and tells Janice to go call for help and, uh, or to, or to come help them or whatever, cause it ends up showing up. But before then, Ricky stabs the shit out of Hank and Hank is dead. Uh, it's, it's a little bloody mess. And, uh, so Hank's there dead on the floor and uh Kim is trying to hide underneath the bed and uh Ricky knows that she's there and uh she ends or he ends up binding up Kim to a chair and then Janice comes and you think maybe Janice is going to be freaked out like any friend would but she's all calm about it and she's telling uh Ricky that that they you know he's made a mess and and uh tells Ricky to take Kim straight to FEMA. So from there you can tell that Janice is in on the cult. And uh from that moment on, because there's no sign of that beforehand. But uh <clears throat> Yeah, so then it ends up they take her to FEMA and uh they actually uh, well, Ricky locks up Kim in a, a meat locker that's at a meat shop right next door to the bookstore. So that's where they're going to um, do a little uh, cult initiation again. And, uh, yeah, so <clears throat> Kim ends up passing out there again. And then she kind of has another one of those weird dream scenarios and then uh um she awakens and she's surrounded by the the cult and ricky is wearing like uh (laughs) 
I guess like a, like a penis mask. I mean, it's it's like a shitty version of uh, Chris from Slipknot's mask. Like it's just his nose is is the uh, penis looking shape, and uh, <clears throat> it's really shitty looking. But he's sort of naked, and uh, I guess I mean it's it's a really shitty scene. But he ends up raping her I guess is what he's doing but it's just like some silly humping kind of like it's I mean it's a movie it's not like he's really doing it but uh it's it was kind of funny because it's like oh my gosh like that is the shittiest looking (laughs) like quote-unquote sex scene and uh then all of a sudden Kim just reawakens alone in the meat locker and uh her her fingers are all bounded together into like a knot like like her her hands are interlocked together but they're like like this is like where that society stuff comes into is like her her fingers are actually formed like melted together and uh um, she, she experiences some great pain because of it. And like her legs are bound together into like a insect like, like tail. And it, it really resembles, um, the worm that's in this movie and like how, um, you know, when you see this movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. This like creepy looking worm thing that, um, is like formed inside of them kind of like a like it's like some kind of like cult baby kind of thing I don't know how to explain it and uh she passes out again like it's just she's just kind of like in and out like she don't know what's real what's not and I mean it it mostly I'm assuming has has to do with what's going on with, with the cult um these seances that are putting her in and out and then uh um she wakes up in the meat locker as uh Joe opens the door and uh um Joe is is uh I believe he was the uh the meat shop owner guy and uh he so he opens up the door he frees her and uh freezes the leg and uh it's like she was like in like some kind of like cocoon like substance like where her legs were and uh and then he he covers her the best that he can because she's butt naked and uh just kind of throws some like just some clothing over her and uh Joe tells her that uh she's been initiated and that she has to go so this isn't like the first time apparently that uh that he knows about some kind of initiating cult séance that goes at his goes on at his meat shop so that part is really unclear like as far as like his involvement in it i mean cuz he has to know about it a little bit for him to just know that oh you've been initiated you got to get out of here it's like he doesn't want anything to do with it but he knows 
what's going on there. I don't know. It's that part is really unclear. But uh then she leaves and uh Kim brings a, a policeman to her apartment to to uh, you know to sh- to show him that uh Hank's body's there and all this stuff is broken and she takes him back to the apartment to show him and everything is like spick and span like everything is just cleaned up she pretty much sounds like a crazy person to the cop because it's like well his body his body was right here um the broken glass in the in the bathroom go look at the broken glass i know there's broken glass she they go there nothing i mean everything is fine nothing's broke and the cop just kind of blows her off as like a loony or something and uh so nothing ends up happening they can't find hank's body or anything and uh so later on she goes to her office's christmas party and eli their boss claims that hank is away on an assignment and janice is there and uh welcomes her to the family as you know as far as like you've been initiated so welcome to the family um so everything everything is acting surreal for kim because everyone is going about their business like oh you know hank's away from the office there's nothing wrong and then janice kind of comes up to her and welcomes her to the family and uh kim's not taking lightly she storms out she and you know she's confused and uh she storms out of there and uh walks outside she notices Ricky is outside of there like I don't know a block away or so just sitting next to his car waiting and then uh ends up following Kim and uh just to make sure that she wasn't doing anything stupid and uh so he's chasing her she knows that he's chasing her and uh all of a sudden her feet begin to to get really hot and uh it starts looking like uh um um uh, what's her name Lilith's legs the la- the uh the lady that uh committed suicide and uh was lit on fire by spontaneous combustion well she's starting to get the same thing happening to where her alert her uh feet are starting to burst into tiny little flames her feet are starting to look like charred sort of like like uh how the other girls were she jumps in the shower and is, is trying to put out the fire and it's not happening ricky and uh he tells kim that the only way to stop it is to to listen to uh fema and it's it's just, it's unbearably painful to Kim, so she agrees to go along with it. And what they needed to do was uh, kidnap Hank's teenage brother Lonnie to complete the initiation. They have to sacrifice him, basically, is what it comes down to. And so Kim lures Lonnie, the little brother, out of the house. Ricky ends up going in the house as well, but kills hank's parents and uh he strangles them with christmas lights and then he sets the house on fire and then they escape and then we finally get to 
towards the end where uh, they're back onto the bookshelf. Uh, not bookshelf, but the bookstore's roof. And uh, Kim is asked to stab Lonnie. She, you know, as much as she has to do it, she she couldn't she couldn't bring herself to do it. So she ends up stabbing FEMA. And FEMA's pissed about it, you know, because that's not how it was supposed to go. She pulls out the knife and then uh, stabs Ricky. And then uh, a giant larva is feeding on Ricky. And uh, he ends up uh, not making it as, as what it looks like. But... Uh, then Kim's legs begin hot to get hot. They're gonna be catching on fire and whatnot. And then uh Kim's hands knot themselves together. It's almost like she's forming into the worm lava kind of thing. I don't know. But uh uh so it's it starts bursting into flames. Then uh Kim stabs her fused hands into FEMA's wound and supposedly that that moves um moves the curse into FEMA and then uh, uh it, it it transfers into FEMA and uh FEMA dives off the roof and dies just the same way her daughter had died. And uh that that seems to be the end of the movie. Now in uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, I haven't really watched the whole thing yet, but apparently Clint Howard and uh, Neith Hunter are back in the the fifth one, and I don't know if they're playing the same characters or, or not. I no idea, so makes me wonder if they're back in the fifth one. I don't think maybe Ricky dies because, you know, maybe once that curse got passed to, to FEMA... That you know he his his part of the deal must have went away too. I mean, this is just all speculation, but uh, um, that's just how it how it uh, you know, because otherwise, I don't know unless they're gonna do a completely uh, Halloween three on the fifth one too, and has nothing to do with with the sequels, or if this is sort of a direct sequel from the fourth one. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. I'll have to watch the the fifth one. But uh, yeah, um, that that's gonna be the end of the episode. Uh, thanks for for listening, and hopefully everybody has a great holiday weekend and um, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and uh, just drive safe out there. And uh, um, if you'd like to hear more of the of the Root Horror Podcast. You can find us at uh, Root Horror Podcast on Instagram. And we're on most of the podcast platforms. Um, otherwise, you can go to our direct like home home site, I guess I would say. It's uh, anchor.fm slash Root Horror Podcast. And that's where, if you go there, you can send me even like a video messages if you have any questions or any feedback on the podcast you can you can do so there 
then it'll also give you links on like how to how to uh, listen to us on Spotify and uh, like Google Podcasts, Stitcher, I think. But uh, you know, if if you're listening to like we're not on iTunes quite yet, but we're on uh, we're on most of the other ones. And uh, yeah, so if you wanna hit us up on like Instagram or just send us some messages on uh, the Anchor app, you can. Um, but that's about it. We're going to wrap this up and, uh, um, oh, uh, the next episode is, uh, it's going to be, um, I think I'm going to release it on Christmas day. I was trying to do release it today, but, uh, I, uh, have been so busy with holidays. I, uh, I thought I was going to be able to wrap this up a lot sooner than, uh, Christmas Eve, but it's going to have to drop Christmas Eve. But uh, tomorrow I'm going to be releasing the uh, Jimmy Dempster episode where I talk to film actor Jimmy Dempster and talk about some of his upcoming releases, his his uh, new short film, and uh, just some other stuff. So uh, go check that out as well. Uh, it was a fun episode to do. And, uh, yeah, we will see it or hear from you guys next time or whatever. <laughs> Later, guys. Hey guys, just want to thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us ideas to talk about or just general feedback at rudehorror at gmail.com or direct message us at Podcast on Instagram. Thank you. You have been listening to the Rude Horror Podcast. If you like this